Hey, it's Preston here, and welcome to the Pomsky 101 podcast, the official podcast of the Pomsky Owners Association, a leading authority for the Pomsky dog breed. Our community of Pomsky breeders and owners is dedicated to first helping you find the perfect Pomsky through a reputable breeder, and second, helping you raise and train the perfect Pomsky. Today, Cherie Martin from Mountain Shadow Pomskis out of Montana is joining us to discuss how to channel Pomsky energy. Um, welcome, Cherie. So glad to have you join us on the podcast. I'm glad to be here with everybody. Awesome. You've been a part of the association for years now and helped out with a lot of the resources. I've seen your name quite a bit. So thanks for all you do for the Pomsky Owners Association. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Thanks for all what you guys do for the, the Pomsky generation. We, we're really happy to get positive feedback from people. So we know that we're doing something in a positive way because sometimes we don't always get feedback. So it's really nice to hear good things. Yeah, well, lots, lots of great things are said. And I can tell you one of the most common things that we get requested for, for people that are in our email system, is a guide about Pomsky Energy Management. And in that guide, there's even a quote from you. So this topic today is like, I think it's a really good fit. I know it's something that obviously you have tons of experience with. Pomskis are a ball of fun and energy, and it can be exciting and fun for owners. But I think at the same time, if it's not channeled and managed properly, it cannot be fun for the owners and also for the health of the Pomsky. So today we're going to kind of dive into like all of these questions around channeling and managing that energy. So what would you say like causes Pomskis to have a lot of that energy? Uh, the breeding, we, we've bred two of the most high energy dogs together, doubling up on that gene. Uh, the Pomeranian was bred to pull flays and so was the Husky. So we're doubling up on, on that gene, creating um, a hybrid, hyperactive dog. Very smart, but very energetic. Yeah. And uh, what are the positive aspects of that? Like for someone who's looking for a Pomsky or thinking about it, you know, there is there a positive side to that energy? Um, absolutely. I feel like if you're not having a good day or you don't feel like getting up and going for a walk, that Pomsky gives you the motivation to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, they spin around, they jump around, they just watching them you cannot help but smile. Yeah, that's fun. And what's the negative side? I mean, you know, we have owners complaining or people that are worried who are looking at buying a Pomsky. What's your warning? Like, can some people just not handle it or some people are going to do a better job of it? Does living situation matter? Um, I don't think that they can't handle it. They just don't have the right tools to channel it. So you need to channel it in a positive way. Yeah. You know, they're, they love to problem solve. They're super, super smart and they just don't do well locked up. So not to say that you can't crate train them and put them in a crate, but they're just, they're not a French bulldog. They have to have interaction. They have to have that feedback and if you don't channel it in the right way and in a positive way, it can come out in a negative way with, you know, behaviors and damage and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned uh, them being confined in a small space. 
Uh, other things I know that affect their energy is if you got to exercise them right um, or lack of training um, or being like confined inside, right? Pomsky's like to be outside. Is there anything else that owners should be aware of? Um, just to know in the beginning before you purchase a puppy that they're going to have that energy. And, it, and it's not just a puppy phase. It's going to continue through the life of the Pomsky, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's something that it, they're going to grow out of. A lot of breeds, they grow out of that stage, but a Pomsky is always going to continue to have that. And, and it's not, it's not a bad thing. And it's not something that in my opinion should be rectified because I think it's, it's great it, if it's used in the right way. Yeah. What are like tips and tricks you have on a daily basis that people can do? Um, I, for me, palm skis, I love selling palm skis to people that are active and they're the perfect size. I call it the active size, uh, for, for people that, you know, go hiking for, especially runners, you know, people that like to jog things like that. A palm ski just thrives off stuff like that, you know, and, and it, it, helps the human it's not just the palm ski it helps with it helps the human you know with depression and serotonin and you know getting outside because like you said they want to be outside so you know the human they're pulling the human outside because sometimes you know how we like to stay inside just like you were saying you were sick and you like to stay outside the best thing for us is to get pushed outside our comfort zone and and that's what the palm skis do. And a palm ski, to me, I've seen it with my own daughter because she has one as a therapy dog. She uses the dog as a bumper. So she'll take the dog in a social setting. And my daughter's um, afraid to talk to people. She doesn't know how to approach them. Mm. You know, she has anxiety. Well, the palm ski is there and takes care of that because the Pomsky just wags its tail. It's they're not aggressive dogs. You know, you don't have to worry about if a child comes over and, and pets them, they're going to be friendly. And so that gives her, it opens the door for her to be able to talk to people because then they say, can I pet your dog? And then they start talking. So the Pomsky in that situation for her has, has been kind of a, a safety net. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I think about myself. I, I love to be outside except during the winter. And I struggle sometimes like from a mental health perspective right? Uh, during the winters because I'm not outside. I'm not getting exercise, seeing the sun. So I'm just thinking like, you know, having a palm ski, that, that's one way to help you get outside during the winter. They love the snow, right? So oh, they absolutely love the snow. They love diving in the snow, rolling in the snow, anything to do with the snow. And they're going to pull you out there and, you know, you're, you're going to produce more serotonin because you're outside. It helps with depression. It helps with, with high blood pressure, all those things. And, you know, it doesn't do that for the dog. The dog's just having a good time. He's just rolling in the snow. He could care less, but you're reaping the benefits, you know, and they need that because they've bred to do that. They've been bred to be outside, to be in that environment. And, um, they handle it really, really well. Yeah. What are some, okay. That's like the physical side of things. Are there like mental stimulation aspects that you can work on 
like is training the Pomsky, having them mentally uh, be like focused, is that going to help their energy as well? Yes. Yes. You need to, to train them because a Pomsky is a, is a problem solving dog. You know, they want to figure things out. So they do very well with um, puzzles, um, toys that keep them busy. One of the best things you can do for a Pomsky is have a window that's available for them that they can look outside because they want to see what's going on outside of their area because, you know, they're the monitors. So they're going to spend hours looking out this window to see what's moving, what's going on, what they need to do. You know, so um, window, in my opinion, is the number one thing people should um, let them have access to build a, a seat for them where they can can sit and look out the window. So, you know, it keeps them occupied. But there's there's lots of other things that, you know, we can talk about that you can do for your dog. They have what's now called dog TV. Hmm. And, you know, it plays barking dogs and cats and things like that. So they literally will, will watch TV and um, keeps their mind going, you know. Amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, dogs have come a long way. Now, now we've moved them inside. Years and years ago, dogs weren't inside. And now we've seen all the positive benefits of dogs. So we've moved them inside to be part of the pack. Yeah. What, what about like uh, any toys that you really like to help manage their energy? Um, I like the slow feeders and they have, have these new snuffle toys that it's like a blanket and they have strips of material and they're, they're woven together and you stick treats in there. And so they have to figure out how to go in there and, and get those treats out. That keeps them busy for quite a while. Um, I do a lot of, of natural treats because I don't want to overload my dogs. Um, I freeze carrots. They love carrots, uh, cucumbers, sweet potatoes, just a raw sweet potato. I cut a chunk yeah. of it, you know, and, and they'll spend hours doing that. Um, they love tugging toys. Um, you can do things like hire a dog walker. So the dog has something to look forward to every day. You know, somebody comes over and they take the dog for a walk. You know, if you, if you happen to work, yep. you can, you know, have somebody do that for you. Um, if you have a neighbor that has a dog, you can take turns, you know, having like a play date, they go over there, the dog comes over to your house. You know, they're, they're not any different than humans. They, they love new experiences because their brain is always working to try and figure things out. And, and that comes way back generations back when they're pulling the sleigh. So they're, they're pulling the sleigh and you have all these things happen. They have to adjust within a split second and decide what they're going to do. Are they going to go left, right, you know, forward? So these dogs are constantly trying to figure stuff out and you need to channel that in a positive way. So what, what, if your dog's digging, for instance, in the yard, your dog is super, super bored. So what you can do instead of getting mad at your dog and, and trying to stop them from digging, you can buy one of those um, small, they come in, like, they look like turtles, that it's a covered sandbox. So get one of those, put some sand in it, let them dig, you know, yeah. um, channel that into a positive, give them a place where they can do what they want instead of 
you know, the whole yard, let them have their space where they know that they won't get in trouble if they dig. Yep. Yep. You know, that that's going to get rid of some of the energy. Um, freezing, they love ice cubes. So in the summer, I get one of those waiting pools, buy some bags of ice, fill the waiting pool. You can stick treats in the ice and it's kind of like a treasure hunt for them. And they will spend hours in there looking yeah. for these bits of dog food, you know, and because they love the cold. They absolutely love the cold. L- listening you, to you talk makes me just want to be a Pomsky. Like it's a fun life. It is a fun life. It <laughs> is. And, and that's your job as an owner is, is to give them the healthiest, securest, funnest life. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Preston here with a little aside, you've made it this far in the podcast. So we know you really care about raising and training your Pomsky in the best way possible for people like you, our community of breeders, owners, and trainers wrote a book, the complete guide to Pomsky training. It's the number one book on Amazon for Pomsky training. And we've been thrilled to hear from hundreds of owners, how helpful it is. So if you think you could use this book, head over to Amazon and search for Pomsky training books Make sure it's the Pomsky Owners Association book with a red cover and over 100 ratings. You can get either a hard copy, electronic version, or audible version today. Alrighty, back to our episode. So I think it's important for our listeners as you talk, there's kind of like two types of stimulation to help channeling this energy. There's the physical, you know, going on walks, running, getting them outside, letting them dig. And then there's this mental stimulation, which sometimes overlaps, but like with toys and the window thing that you talked about, letting them use their mind. uh, I think it's important that they get both of that types of stimulation so that they can, um, you know, they, they're like humans, right? Like we have physical needs and then we have our mental needs. We, We get bored if we're not using our minds and focused on things, right? Exactly. That's exactly it. And, and we have to do things different for, for instance, if they have all these toys, they have a toy bucket. Well, hide part of the toys, you yeah. know, hide them for a week and then bring out the new toys. And they, they think that they got all new toys because they have <laughs> for a week, you know? So, it's, yeah, it's funny. You say that our three-year-old, uh, we have a lot of toys more than I would like. So we decided, okay, we're going to start to hide some in a bin and he only has a limited number of toys to play with and he figures out how to have fun with those toys. And then we'll bring out the other ones later and he figures out how to have fun. It makes it more, he's more creative um, and it keeps him engaged. So anyways, it's, it's a fun, yeah, fun idea. Yep. You just, you just rotate them. So they think, oh, they got all new toys, you know, cause, cause they're not any different than little kids. They always play with the yeah. new you know, so then they think it's a new toy. You know, it just it you keep their brain going, it won't turn into to destructive energy. And right. and some if it does, then that that's when the, the problems start occurring. So we, we want to pull that in a positive direction before anything happens. Right. Right. Because people need to know before they purchase a, a Pomsky is they are amazing dogs with kids. They are amazing dogs. You know, you don't have to worry about them being around the kids. They'll take care of the kids. They're very much family oriented dogs. 
Um, but you got to know that they've got some energy. And, and that that's a positive thing because kids have energy. So yeah. the Pomskis can match that, you know, so the Pomsky is not going to be over here taking a nap while the, while the kid's playing. The Pomsky is going to be right there saying, going, what are you doing? I want to do that with you. You know, so they're going to match that together. So to me, if, if people come to me and say, you know, what kind of dog should I get? Are they good with kids? Absolutely. Pomskis are a hundred percent a kid dog and a family dog, but you, you need to be prepared that they're going to need to be active and they want to go on car rides. They want to go with you to the pet store. They, they love that. You know, they love riding in the car. It's just like your, your kid, your kid wants to go with you all the time. Well, so does your dog. Your dog wants to be with you. They want, and, and you can take them into Home Depot. You can take them into Lowe's. It's the socialization. They want that, that interaction, that feedback, that, you know, um, reacting to their environment they need that for the brain yep and they want to be part of the pack right like when when the leader of the pack leaves the house they want to go too right right they want to know what you're doing they want to you know see where you're going and they they love being in the car every one of mine just love being in the car yeah you know so when their high energy turns into destructive behavior is that Mm -hmm. a sign to the owner that they're not managing or channel, channeling the energy in the correct way. Yes. And, yes. and that's when, if, if they don't channel the energy in the right way, then uh, it's just going to get more destructive, right? If yes. they don't take action. So Because they're, they're like a child. They're, they're throwing a fit. And they're like, you know, I'm bored. I'm, I'm super bored. So I'm going to, you know, chew on the leg of the chair. Yeah. So in, instead of, taking the chair away or putting some bitter bite on the chair, let's make it so they don't want to chew on the chair. Let's channel that energy somewhere else. You know, if you, if you don't, if you're not a person that takes the dog on the walk and you don't want to do that, hire somebody that will hire the neighbor girl that, that would love to come over and take the dog for a walk. Yeah. And you, you know, if you start doing these positive things, you'll see a huge difference in your dog. Yep. So is managing Pomsky energy, is this like an all day thing? Obviously it will become just a part of your routines and your life as a Pomsky owner, but for our shoppers out there and our owners, is this an all day thing or are they things that they, you know, are there things that they can be doing once or twice a day or three times a day, or they really need to be locked in and focused and build routines where all day they're channeling that Pomsky energy? Uh, Well, the family that wants to purchase the Pomsky, they need to think about, for for me, this is going to push them out of their comfort zone. They they need to do this research for the dog, you know, read read the Pomsky books, Google, you know, do stuff like that. You, You don't just, to me, you don't buy a dog and then leave it and let it go. It's, it's a constant work in progress. You're, you're constantly building that relationship and building that um, what they know, what they can and can't do. And as the puppy grows into an adult, they're going to know, you know, that they can't do this and they can't do that. So they're going to move to the positive things that they know have been set aside that they can do, you know, like the, the ice, the, 
the digging in the sand, in the sandbox, the things that they know that they're not going to get in trouble for. Because as you build that relationship, they don't want you disappointed in them. Yeah. So they're going to, you know, move to more positive things. As a puppy, it's, it's just an all out, who cares? Like they're doing whatever they want to do. It more moves into a more structure of, of they want to win your affection and your praise. And so they're going to do the positive things. But you as an owner need to set those things out. So if he does them, he does get rewarded. Right, right. He's not going to come up with these ideas and say, hey, mom, why don't you put some ice cubes in the fridge and put some cranberries in them so I can eat them later? I mean, you're the adult. You need to figure this out. And there's so many resources out there. And, you know, look at your breeder, you know, hopefully you've done your research and you pick a breeder that's there for you because you've bought that puppy from them and, and they've loved that puppy since that puppy's been born. So they know that personality. So go back to that breeder and say, you know, I'm having some, some problems. This is what the puppy's doing and kind of tap their brain. And, and they've probably, the breeder's probably been in that situation before, so they can give you a lot of good tips, but, but. Just, just know that that dog, that Pomsky is going to require you to be a smarter human. It's not just going to be something that you buy and you leave on the shelf and walk away from. You yeah. need, it's, it's a constant work in progress. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and if people didn't miss our episode last week, uh, we had Zadie on the podcast. It was all about finding the right breeder. And she talked about that relationship that you can build going back to the breeder about training or issues that you have. And that's part of why it's so important to find a good reputable breeder is that they become a resource for you long-term. So if you, if you haven't listened to that, um, it's a great episode. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. That too. You buy, you buy the puppy, but you also buy the breeder, you know, you buy their knowledge, you buy their hard work, you buy everything that they know about this. So you know, when you're having issues and your puppy's being destructive, go back to your breeder, see if they have any tips, you know, see if, see if they have um, any information they can send you to, and I, cause I'm, like I said, I, I'm sure that they've inter- gone through that problem before, so they can lead you in the right direction, you know, because if, if you go get advice from just a, a, a dog person, I'm sure it would be great advice, but it's not specific to this breed. And we know this breed inside and out. We, we lived with this breed for years and, and Zadie's the same way. You know, we know this breed, we've studied it. We've we know what's behind the genetic makeup. So go back and talk to the breeder and, and see what their advice is about your problem and your situation. And they can help navigate you through that. Because nobody wants, we want you to succeed because we want nothing more than to have our puppies in a happy, healthy, nurturing home, you know, and, and nobody wants the negative part of what could happen, you know, so we want you to succeed. So we're going to help you, give you the, succeed and you need to, to let us help you. Don't ever be afraid to reach out to a breeder because that's what we're here for. That's why we do what we do is we want our puppies to be healthy and happy, you know, so reach out to us. Let us know, oh, you know, my, my dog's eating my, my leg in my chair. What can I do? Okay, well, well, tell me your routine. Tell me what you do during the day. Do you leave the dog home alone? 
you know, and maybe, maybe just having a dog walker comes just stops that kind of behavior, you know, super simple solutions. And it would, it makes your life less stressful and the puppy too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Find the right breeder and utilize that breeder. Right. Um, Awesome. Well, this has been great, Sheree. Tons of good stuff here on channeling Pomsky energy. Anything else you'd like to mention about this topic? Just make sure you do your research. Like, like, you know, you were just talking before you, you have to get a breeder that's dedicated to this breed. And, and there's a lot of really good breeders out there that know this breed, but, and it's a beautiful breed. It absolutely is a beautiful breed, but a lot of people get want to get this breed because it's beautiful but there's so much more behind this breed you know they're super smart they're energetic and you need to know that before you get involved with them and and go talk to the person that that has been breeding them go go see what they think about your situation do they think it would work in an apartment do they think it would work in in your lifestyle you know and talk about that right yeah great stuff um Okay, so I like to do a quick, like one minute round of fun questions at the end, not related to the topic. Are you good with that? Okay, go ahead. Here we go. So, what is your favorite type of palm ski? Like generation, coat type, color, eye color, all that? F- F1B chocolate. F1B chocolate. Every, every breeder, breeder is going to say an F1, right? Like that's their, at least those that have been breeding since the beginning or close to the beginning, right? Because we started from ground zero and we started, you know, producing what has now become a famous breed. Yeah, it's cool. Our foundation, that's where it started. But for me, that's that's where my number one is, is I like the F1Bs. F1B chocolate. Cool. What is your favorite attribute about the Pomsky breed? Uh, that they're, not, they're always happy. Constantly. They don't, even when they go to the vet, they're happy. Yeah. What is one piece of advice you'd give to every Pomsky owner? That dog will love you unconditionally, 100%. And you will thank your breeder for doing what they did. Awesome. And who is someone you really look up to in the Pomsky community? This could be someone you've known in person or have met in person or online. Um, Just someone you really look up to in the community. Um, you know, I have a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Mary Farley's been, been doing it for a very long time. Um, Joanne, um, she was there from the beginning. Zadie's a great one. Um, she's really, really does it for the right reasons. Um, Karen from Maine Ames, she, she's a great lady. There's, there's a lot of really good breeders out there and they've produced, um, some really good dogs. There's a, there's a lot of good people to look up to. Yeah. Great community. Great group. Just good people. Right. And then great breeders as well, who really care about, about the Pomsky breed. Right. And if, if somebody comes to me and I don't have what they're looking for, you know, I have no problem recommending other people because I want nothing more than them to, to experience this breed. Cause it is, it is an awesome breed. It really is. We should have combined these dogs years and years ago. (laughs) Well, awesome. Thanks for uh, joining the podcast today, Sheree. It's been great. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for making it to the end of this episode. We hope you got a lot of valuable information that you can apply 
We know if you made it this far that you're really serious about finding and or training and raising the perfect Pomsky, and we are here to help. Go ahead and head over to our website, pomskyownersassociation.com, where you will find lots of valuable resources directly from our breeders and owners of the association, all vetted and reputable. If you have any questions, uh, just let us know and know that we are always here to help you find, raise, and train the perfect Pomsky.